The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It's Thursday, August 26th, and it's Fantasy Week rolls on. Check out our feed. We've got DFS Talk with Frank Stanfield and Best Ball Talk with Josh Norris. Our upcoming guest knows that I think best ball is the future of fantasy. <laughs> Jamie Eisenberg, the one, the only. What's up, buddy? Best ball is the future of fantasy. It's uh, It, it would be nice. It would be nice. Uh, I don't know I, at what like point we'll get there, but it's heading that way. I like not worrying about my lineups is what I like. You like not worrying about drafts. You're not like worrying about your lineups, waiver moves. You know, uh, we were actually having a good conversation. Uh, Heath, Dave and I, Heath Cummings, Dave Rich and I about uh, our dynasty league. And I was saying like, you know, you went from a team that had no chance at making the playoffs to trading your way into a potential playoffs. But I don't know if you're going to win a championship barring a lot of things going your way, but you definitely put yourself in, in position by, uh, by ripping off our, our good buddy, Nick Costa. Well, that was a weird spot, though, because, and by the way, if you like Heath and Dave and Jamie, you can get more of them on the Fantasy Football Today podcast. And maybe more importantly, right now, the Fantasy Football Today Draftathon. You can bid on Jamie. You can bid on me. You can bid on Heath. You can bid on Dave. You can bid on uh, Chris Towers. You can get a private Zoom call with all the fantasy guys for your draft pre draft prep. Go to cbsports.com slash eBay. That's the link. Go donate. It helps every every dollar goes to St. Jude's. So go uh, go donate. But yeah, uh, Nick tried to back out of that trade. Like he like he, he tried to pull this very bizarre like jer- like Yankee like like New York type of move where he's like, no, I I just don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I was like, you agreed to the trade. We have text thread. We're like, we you are you are legitimately angry. You I was legitimately I was angry. angry. You can't. You I mean, in my opinion, you can't. If you're like friends with somebody and you verbally agree to a trade. And that you can't get cold feet in the middle of it. Like, I understand that the formal thing is a acceptance on the CBSSports.com league page, but any league page. Yeah. Yeah. But like, if you're, if you know somebody, if it's, if it's a random league and a trade falls apart, I get it. Right. But like, you know, Nick and I are like texting back and forth. And he, I, I think he's the one who wanted to do a trade in the first place because he was trying to dump Dak. It ended up being, well, yeah. He had, he had at the time, uh, three quarterbacks. Now, uh, first off, you didn't rip him off. It was a very good trade for both of you guys. That's um, but uh, last year, I actually offered him, you know, and this is just how sometimes trades work uh, work out for the, the ones that fail. Uh, I had offered him a second round pick in our, in our rookie-only draft for Jared Goff because my quarterback situation was not great. Um, I ended up trading for your favorite quarterback of all time, Hall of Famer-to-be Matthew Stafford, uh, for a better trade. Um, but Nick wanted a first round pick for for golf, or maybe I was out for a, I don't know. I should say, maybe it was a third round pick. He wanted a second. I, I just wasn't going to overpay for golf. Um, but in any event, he was stuck with Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, and and Jared Goff, and so it made sense for him to move on from a quarterback, uh, which you needed one desperately, and you ended up trading away uh, Saquon as well to get Dak Prescott and um, Alvin Kamara. You know, and I gave up uh, Henry Jerry Rice Ruggs. Right, who he now? Look, Nick's team is really good. Um, yeah. he he's got a very strong team. 
but you put yourself back in into contention. And if you know uh, a a player here, you know if if Kamara is Kamara, Dak is Dak. Uh, you know, I forget the rest of your team. Uh, we're gonna have a blockbuster here for Jacoby Myers. I'm sure at some point. Um, <laughs> well, I, no, I took uh, I took Trey Sermon over Devontae Smith. A very uh, unconventional move and, and Jalen Waddle and uh, and Michael Carter, which uh, you know now is looking like a, a, at least close to a wash. You know, a lot of people thought Michael Carter would be better, and he still might be. But um, Sermon seems to be a little bit better standing with his team. I, I think I was ahead of the curve on Sermon. I mean, like I'm all in on Sermon. I don't know. Yeah, from the from the get go. I don't know if it's going to work out well. I mean, we'll see. But that's that's the most any. And we talked about this yesterday with with Josh Norris. I don't want to harp on the the Sermon thing. Uh, too long. I am curious. You mentioned, you know, Saquon and Kamara. When you look at the top of your board and how you want to plan out drafts, what what are you for? And, and and this is not the you know the best ball thing that we talked about with Josh Norris is different. You know, you can you can gamble on on Travis Kelsey at four in best ball and hope that something comes back to you. It's a little bit harder to do that in you know season long fantasy where you're you know you're trying to build out a roster. What what is your general strategy, Jamie, for 2021? Is it like, because I think that the, I feel like you, you maybe, maybe you're an anchor running back guy. That's like the trendy term now, right? Where you get the yeah. you know, elite running back and then you build off of that. Is that, is that sort of how you're approaching most of your drafts or is it uh, draft, draft slot dependent? It's draft slot dependent. You know, I, I don't really like to peg myself as a, a, a one strategy type of, you know, fantasy analyst or fantasy player um, because I think where you draft matters and, and obviously how you're, you like to build your team, especially like somebody like me who plays in a lot of different redraft leagues. I like to try different things, you know, so I'll, I'll try zero RB. I'll try modified RB. I'll try going, you know, RB heavy. Um, and, and I think that's more fun, but uh, when it comes to, you know, Barkley is, is a very good player to bring up how you approach your first round, because there are people who play to not lose their league with their first round pick because yep. of the concerns over certain players. And then I tend to be a little bit more aggressive. I like to play to win my league with my first round pick because those players are difference makers for a reason. So uh, Barkley has so many warts and red flags given his injury concerns and the team around him. But you also see what the upside could be. And I know everybody points to the 2018 season when he was this monster rookie. I look more at the final five games of the 2019 season when he was actually even better. Sure. But the reason I look at those games was because he was coming off of an injury and he was with Daniel Jones. And so we can say anything you want to about how bad Daniel Jones was last year and anything you want to about how bad the Giants could be this year because they all could come could be correct. But they didn't have Barkley for the majority of the season. They didn't have whatever Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony are going to offer. This is a better team. And so Daniel Jones has to play better. Barkley has to stay healthy. Offensive line has to stay better, play better. But you can you got to compare Barkley to the guys going around him, and Jonathan Taylor's got red flags now. Joe yeah, Mixon, we know those red flags. All those guys, you know. So I I think Barkley still has league winning upside. So I'm probably a little higher on the most. No, I I think that Barkley is a fun gamble on the back half of the first round, and certainly in the in, in the in the early part of the second round if he falls that far. I don't think he's fallen. He, you know, he's, he's going at eleventh uh, overall according to or excuse me, twelve point two four according to cbssports.com adp and rising and rising you know he was he was around 15 when uh he's well he's actually yo-yoed a little bit you know started high injury concerns and then bounced back yeah. uh i mean you're taking barkley over austin eckler if they're both there and I'm, I'm a big austin eckler fan but i think barkley offers way more upside love love eckler you know uh heath and i had this conversation uh, on on our live stream last night and it's uh there, there's five that are locked in you know mccaffrey cook 
Kamara, Henry, and Zeke. Then this is like, I have Barkley sixth, but you can make a strong case for Eckler and PPR. I'm fine with it. You make a strong case for Aaron Jones in both formats. I'm fine with it. Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, and non-PPR, totally get it. But to me, Barkley, if he's right, he's better than all those guys. So you're going Barkley six, and then the wide receivers and Kelsey, or like how does that, how do, how do you sort of slot that? I have there? Barkley sixth, uh, but again, this comes down to, you know, how you want to build your team. And I think more importantly, you know, we don't talk about this enough broadly. If you're in a league with people that you've played with year over year over year, you know their patterns, or at least you yep. should. And if you haven't been paying attention, then that's on you. But, <laughs> you know, like I, I know what Dave is going to do. I know what you're going to do. I know what, you know, uh, Heath is going to do, you know, and, because I, I've played in enough fantasy leagues. With them. I know what my friends are going to do from college, you know, because they do it all the time. So if you know that one of them is going to take a quarterback early, you can plan for that, you know, whether it's the first or second round. Uh, Travis Kelsey is going to go at the five, six, seven spot, you know, so you just kind of have to plan for that. And and I think that matters in how you build your team. But yeah, uh, I like, I think Barkley is a top five player. And so I will take him sixth overall. All right. I bet I, I like it. I, and I, and if you're drafting six overall, if you're drafting seventh or eighth, he's not, you can't pass on Barkley and expect him to come back to you. Right. In the second round. So if you, if you decide that you, that you sort of really need to make a stance, I'm either in or I'm out on Saquon Barkley this year. If you're drafting in that range. Now, if you're in the, if you're in the 10, 11, 12 range, you can potentially, easier. you know, go with, you know, if Kelsey falls, if Diggs falls, if Devontae Adams is there, Tyreek Hill, whatever wide receiver you like, you can then grab him and maybe hope that Barkley flips or you go Barkley and then grab the wide receiver. On it, the- it, it, it really comes down to, well, it, 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 and it's the, all those running backs that we just talked about. The receivers that will be there in the middle of the second round are not the same. The running backs aren't the same level of talent. Like you can go Barkley, Ridley, Barkley, AJ Brown, Barkley, maybe Hopkins, Bar- you know, Diggs falls in some cases there. And that to me is better than going Adams and Joe Mixon. Like I like that start much better. I've agreed completely. Over Overnight, we got news that Sony Michelle is traded to the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, this th- now this is the type of thing where it's probably a bigger trade in name than it actually is in importance of what the Rams will do. But Sony Michelle is a former first rounder. He's looked slim. The Patriots clearly okay. We talked about this yesterday. In fact, the last two days, clearly showcasing him for a trade because they're feeding him receptions. This guy doesn't catch balls out of the backfield. Daryl Henderson's hurt. Cam Akers is out for the year. The Rams fancied themselves a Super Bowl team after the the, the trade for Hall, future Hall of Famer Matthew Stafford, and, uh, and and as a result, they needed to get a running back because they just don't have much depth there. What do you, what does this do to your? Because Akers had been a first round pick at. at Probably worst. I mean, maybe maybe he was falling in the second round, but more than like top fifteen overall pick. Yeah, yeah. And when he when he went down for the year, Henderson's value obviously shot way up. He became a second or maybe third, fourth, fifth round pick in that running back dead zone or whatever they call it. And and now with Henderson hurt and Sony Michelle in the fold, I think a lot of people are asking questions like, so how do you how are you planning for these Rams running backs? Because it, it feels to me like it'll probably be a committee, but but maybe you have different opinions. No, I think it will be a committee. You know, I don't think that, you know, the, I think if I understand the compensation correctly, it could be as much as a fourth round pick uh, mm-hmm. that the Patriots get in, in return. Um, I might be wrong on that, but I thought that's what I saw from from the athletic. Uh, in any event, you know, the, the the Rams, like you said, they consider themselves a Super Bowl favorite. What, what's a draft pick? You know, here, take take them all. Um, <laughs> I mean, they, well, we don't want to draft. I mean, Lord, like, like it's like Les Snead doesn't want to do any work. Take he's the weekend off. I mean, yeah, he's like Pete Briscoe. He's trying to push. He doesn't want to work for the next five years. He's trying to just right. get to retirement and call call the dog. Schedules medical procedures at the busiest time of the season. Um, <laughs> right, I, I think 
the the thing with both of these guys, first off, it, it's it's a complicated playbook that he's going to have to come in and learn. You know, two weeks before the season starts. So, at what point will he be the 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 potential lead back if he does get that opportunity? Uh, I still like Henderson better, but I was taking Henderson in the fourth round. He was one of my breakout candidates. Uh, that obviously is not the case anymore, but. Uh, you know, you had the thumb injury, like you said. You had the the fact that probably Xavier Jones and Jake Funk weren't exactly doing, you know, world breaking things to uh, you know make it you know comfortable for for Les Need and Sean McVay that they have their backfield settled. But uh, like you said, Michelle is uh, is a former first round pick. He's he's looked great. I think he is uh, he's a one A to to Henderson. But I still would take Henderson um, where I where I was drafting him in the fourth round. Now he's probably around six pick and Michelle who was getting undrafted. We just, we did a IDP draft yesterday, which is 27 rounds. When you factor in the defensive players, I took Damien Harris, who was a big winner here. Um, I took Damien Harris and then I was like, do I want to take, because we have so many bench spots, do I want to take both Patriots running backs just with the thought of who's going to be the number two guy? And then I'll cut the other one. So I took Stevenson. So that worked out well. Uh, but I had, I took Samaj P Ryan instead of, um, instead of Sony Michelle. So Michelle's still Ooh. available. Uh, now obviously he'll be one of the top free agents, but, um, in any event, I think Michelle is somebody you can use as a, as a potential flex and, and we'll see what, you know, how quickly he picks things up and, and can be on the field and, and a significant contributor. And then Damian Harris and, and, and for me, at least Ramondre Stevenson is now the backup there behind, you know, James White in a separate role. So, uh, in ranking all of these guys right now, Harris is first, um, Henderson is second, Michelle is third, and then Stevenson fourth. Yeah. I think I'll be in on Henderson now that he, cause you're going to get a, a discount now. That, yep. that Michelle's in the fold. People are going to push him down. He's banged up. I think there's a good chance, especially again in best ball. I think you can grab some of them. And then if you know if he's like your if you know a bench, uh, not, maybe like a running back three is where you want Henderson to be, or running back maybe a a bad running back two with right. If you go zero RB, you know, and and he's your second, you know, running back, maybe your first, you know, if you throw in you know a, a bench receiver before you go running back. So he's he's perfect in that range. Uh, and I think Sonny Michelle is too. You know, I I think both these guys they're not going to be drafted so far apart in non PPR and PPR. You just got to be concerned about Michelle's history as a pass catcher. So we'll see if in fact he does you know take on a little different role. Uh, all right, so Travis Etienne out for the year, James Robinson. In theory, the feature back for Urban Meyer in this offense. Are you, are you, how high are you pushing James Robinson in redraft leagues? Are you interested in the Jaguars? I mean, nobody's actually interested in the Jaguars, but how interested in the Jaguars are you from a fantasy perspective? And how concerning is Urban Meyer's preseason been for you? So uh, I don't often, you know, toot our own horn uh, for, for FFT and the things that we do, but thanks to Pete, and, and, and this is totally his ties to Jacksonville. Oh, I, because, this happened to me last year too. People were like, "You made me money on James Robinson last because year." Because of because of his intel with that team and knowing the team the way he did, for us as a as a fantasy site, and and obviously you know for for what you just said, making people money, uh, we were the first on James Robinson. I, I feel pretty confident saying that. And so yeah. he was awesome. And, and you can't you know deny what he what he meant to uh, fantasy managers. He was the number seven running back in PPR, nearly averaged eighteen PPR points per game. I don't think he's going to be that good again because he was a solo act to the degree that we love in, in today's NFL. You just don't see it anymore. He was averaging over 20 touches per game. But uh, Urban Meyer is going to run out the corpse of Carlos Hyde and, you know, continue to use him and probably use him too much. Uh, and it's fine. You know, you don't want to see James Rock. Look, he broke down at the end of last season. So, you know, that, that I'm sure will help him. But uh, I, don't, I don't think people should overvalue Robinson just yet. And, and look, the Jaguars will look terrible in the preseason you know, three-fifths of their offensive line was missing in the game against the Saints. Trevor Lawrence is still learning his way through this. They got to get rid of this Gardner-Minchie thing. Um, hmm. 
But uh, Robinson, I think, is somewhere in the 3-4 turn range, you know, so late 30s, early 40s. Uh, I'd prefer him in round four in the dra- draft that I referenced from last night. He went 44th overall. You know, to me, that's fine. Um, I wouldn't really put a priority on Carlos Hyde at all. I think this helps LaVisca Chenault, you know, just based on what his role could be in the passing game. Uh, maybe helps Marvin Jones and eventually DJ Chark as well. But uh, Robinson is clearly a big winner. And, you know, I was struggling, honestly, with uh, Robinson and Henderson, you know, just based on two guys getting an opportunity to be featured featured options um it's easy now clearly to take robinson first i'm i'm smiling because like you and i are currently getting texts from pete briscoe which look exactly which look exactly the way that you think that they would <laughs> um the uh excuse me the uh the cowboys featured on hard knocks i guess yesterday or two days Dude, ago how cool was that drone shot excuse me yes it was awesome and it's actually the highlight of hard knocks because it's been kind of boring yeah, I mean the the draft the Dak stuff. Excuse me, has been cool. You know, just to see what the the first episode. You know, when yeah. he's trying to bang his ankle back into place, that was just he's an animal. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and, and like and to see all that he went through, like off the field, and to to keep battling, yeah. and he got paid, and right. Um, but I'm with you. The, the the drone shot was definitely the highlight so far. Yeah, well, that and and uh, and the mojo moments. Like anytime you get an Austin Powers reference, from, right. from from Mike McCarthy in 2021 as he's talking to to 20 year olds. I mean, that's that's you ever how, how much. I, you know, I mean, I know you pay attention to this. Uh, Mike McCarthy does like, he talks like this. Like everything is always like his hands are in the air. Now, listen, guys, we're going to yeah. do, yeah, that's a good, yeah. that's a good <laughs> for you. Uh, all right, so with, with the DAC thing has me more worried than I think the general public. It feels like everybody's like, oh, DAC will be fine. Shoulder fatigue is a concern, man. Like that's a, that is not something that you just casually rehab. I mean, if you're, if you're a starting pitcher, before the before the MLB season kicks off and you have shoulder fatigue, I'm not drafting you because at some point they're going to limit your innings. They're going to minimize the amount of throws that they're going to let you make. And if you're a starting quarterback and you have shoulder fatigue going into the season and three of your receivers are being drafted in the top, uh, I don't know, 25 or 30 or 40 or whatever. I don't know what Michael Gallup's ADP is. Gall- yeah, Gallup's really a late-round pick. But, yeah, the top okay. guys. Yeah, but I mean, like, C.D. Lamb and, and Mari Cooper are features of fantasy teams. Zeke Elliott is a feature of fantasy teams. Dak is a feature of fantasy teams. Should we be more concerned about the Cowboys than we are right now? It's a fair point. Uh, you know, and, again, we don't know the extent of what the level of fatigue will be. Uh, you know, is is dialing him back and, you know, starting to build him back up, Um you know, part of the, the the rebuilding process, and you know, how much was he actually throwing when he was sitting in you know in crutches or you know with his leg uh, laid up and and you know straining his arm by not standing and stepping into throws. Uh, I, I I have a hard time thinking that uh, he's going to be a disaster um, if he's if he's healthy. So you know, oh, if he if he's out there, you know, will will he be a a forty five plus pass attempt guy? I would imagine Mike McCarthy would like to limit that. Dak even said he doesn't want to throw for 6,000 yards. He'd rather have Zeke have a monster season. It does make me like Ezekiel Elliott even more because if he's not going to try and, you know, uh, heave the ball 40 yards down the field or more, um, there's going to be a lot of, you know, probably designed dump off passes. And I'm sure the coaches will be aware of that, you know, until he's you know ramped up and fully ready to go. But mm. as long as they're saying he's healthy and everything's seemingly trending in the right direction, I'm still going to be a, a buyer on the top three guys. You know, Gallup is, is, is a great late-round pick, and you definitely want to target him. But uh, obviously, C.D. Lamb has is, is got superstar potential. Amari Cooper has been a star, and, and Zeke is a top-five pick. So I'm, I'm not going to necessarily run away from, from the Cowboys. Okay. I, I like that point on Zeke. And he's looked – man, he looks – like he's in good shape. It's like he's in, I mean, last year, he's in way better shape than he was last year. He looks fit. He looks like he, he needs to prove something. And if Dak plays 16 games, I feel like Zeke – 
can deliver an easy RB1 season and, and justify a top five pick. I, I struggle with uh, how high to put him. Right? And he's, he's fourth for me in both formats. I like him better than Kamara in non-PPR, better than Henry in PPR. Yes. Um, but I had him at one point third. You know, he's not going to crack the top two because McCaffrey and Cook are just so uh, sure. coming off fantastic seasons, respectively. Um, and I think they're a little bit better standing. But, uh, you know, I, I have a draft coming up where I'm picking fourth. And I'm going to guess... Henry or Kamara go three, and it's a team I share with my brother-in-law. I'm sure we're going to fight over it, but he's an Ohio State guy, so I'll probably, you know, give in when I say let's take Zeke at four. Uh, I just think, you know, he's a, he's a former two-time rushing champion. The offensive line is back. Tyron Smith looks in fantastic shape too. Yep. Um, you know, Zeke is uh, Zeke has, like you said, he can lead the league in rushing. He can, you know, be a 20-touchdown guy. You know, he's got that type of upside. Sounds like you're going to take Zeke over Henry at four, and then on the on the on the on the rollback, you're going to take Terry McLaurin over CD Lamb. Just to appease your appease your highest your Buckeye brother-in-law. <laughs> yes, uh, we actually had McLaurin last year too, so that that actually might happen. That actually worked out pretty well for you. All right, uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, what does how is Jamie handling the tight end position this year? This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So Travis Kelsey, a clear-cut number one tight end. His, uh, I think his average, his average, his, AD, his average ADP. His ADP is nine point nine nine, nine times. George Kittle, the next up at twenty three, and then Darren Waller at twenty nine. Waller's actually surprisingly low yeah. uh, when you think about who, what he can do. What's your approach to tight end? Because for, for me, my my opinion is that after the Noah Fant, Higby, Logan Thomas tier. You are you're a dead man walking if you wait and get somebody after that. And you're just praying that like Mike Gusecki breaks out or or you know Rob Gronkowski has somehow a magical bounce like a magical breakout year, second breakout year or whatever you would call it. Uh, where are you drafting tight ends? And is there somebody that I'm missing outside of that range that I mentioned? So you're actually more optimistic than I think most people are. If you're if you're comfortable with that Fant Thomas group, I'm not comfortable, um, but I'm I can live. I, but I, I know what you're saying. It, yeah. It's it's uh, so the way that we've been uh, saying it, which is it's kind of cool that some other fantasy sites have adopted it on the shows that we've done as guest spots. Uh, we say great or late uh, at tight end. So if you yeah. don't get one of the top three greats, uh, the three that you mentioned, and I would take Waller over Kittle personally, um, you kind of just wait it out. That middle tier, I middle group of guys, which there's three of them, could be. Fantastic. I almost dropped the F word. That's how good they can be. Um, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, and obviously Kyle Pitts. Those three have the chance to be amazing. But we went through this a couple years ago where, oh, my God, O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram, and I forget. Oh, Hunter Henry. O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram. so deep. You just wait on tight end. It's so deep. And it's not deep. 
Uh, well, it's not that it's deep, but it's like, why, why reach? And so that's the problem. It's so like a couple of years ago, we were like, yeah. acting like it was very deep and it just yes. wasn't. Yes. We're, we're hoping for, you know, other guys to get into the mix and those three guys, you know, Andrews has done it before. So you can, you know, sort of look at it. And with all the injuries that the Ravens receivers are dealing with, it makes you more comfortable about Andrews and the touchdown potential is clearly obvious. Hawkinson is the one that a lot of people are concerned about because he's, he hasn't done it before. Even though it was a top five tight end last year, it was kind of like by default because everybody got hurt. But who else is Jared Goff going to throw to at this point? You know, I love Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, Tyrell Williams, he's okay. But that's really it. You know, Swift is banged up right now. So it, he, he could lead all tight ends and targets. It wouldn't be that shocking with Hawkinson. And then Pitts is the darling because of, you know, what he did at college and, and no Julio Jones. And so he, got, he has, you know, a, a ton of potential as well. But if you if you miss on those guys, I wouldn't take a tight end until round ten or later. So Fant oh, is wow. perfect. Uh, Logan Thomas is my is my next guy up in PPR. Uh, the guy that you didn't mention, who I like eighth in PPR, seventh in non PPR is Irv Smith. Uh, I think he's going to have a, a big season. And one of my bold predictions is uh, there's going to be four tight ends who have double digits in touchdowns: Kelsey, Waller, Andrews, and Smith. I think Smith is going to wow. eat away into the Adam Thielen touchdown potential that or touchdown, you know, numbers that we've seen. Um, and the Kyle, Kyle Rudolph TD numbers too, because Rudolph, I mean, not like Rudolph is good, but you know, Kirk Cousins just looked his way in the red zone a lot. He's a red zone threat. And and so Irv Smith is tough to trust in PPR because I don't think he's going to be, you know, a 70 catch guy, even, you know, he's probably a 50 or 60 catch guy. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's 50, six, 700 and, and 10 touchdowns. You know, he has that type of, he's, he has the ability to be that type of player. So, um, he, he's a top 10 guy for me. Like you said, Logan Thomas, I think it's been nice to see Ryan Fitzpatrick lean on him a little bit, uh, in the preseason action, those guys have been out there and then it's just a total gamble, you know? So the dolphins injuries have put Mike Gusecki back in play because Will Fuller was, we know has a hard time staying healthy, Devontae Parker as well. Um, Higby will benefit without Gerald Everett there and the greatest quarterback of all time, Matthew Stafford throwing the ball. Um, and then the, the wild card is right now is, is Dallas Goddard. You know, I'm uh, the, the two things I was kind of waiting to see happen. One was would the Patriots cut or trade Sony Michelle? That's happened. The other is are the Eagles still going to move on from Zach Ertz? I think that there's a chance they might if they get an offer, but it hasn't materialized yet. Uh, so Dallas Goddard is still a wild card. He's still being drafted as a top 10 tight end. You can't draft him in that range if Ertz is on the roster. Uh, but if Ertz leaves, then Goddard could be a potential top five guy. Yeah. I mean, if Goddard's a guy that I think is worth investing in now, like over the next week or so, because if Ertz does gets traded, he skyrockets. Yep. Excuse me. I have no type of Chico up here to, uh, to deal with my, my lingering cough at wide receiver. Actually, no, before wide receiver, the saints, are we, are you operating under the assumption that Jameis Winston is going to be the starter? And how are you handling non Alvin Kamara saints players? Adam Troutman's hurt. Michael Thomas is this very bizarre injury. That's going to keep him out, you know, for, who knows how long right. and it, Latavius Murray not getting run in the preseason. Traquan Smith isn't playing. Marcus Calloway is now being drafted like one tenth overall, which is insane. W what's your general outlook on a, on a, on an offense that's been so fantasy friendly for so many years? Yeah. I, I think after the, the game against the Jaguars, you have to go with the assumption it's going to be Jameis. It's uh, if, if you were to tell me Taysom Hill and, and, and Pete Prisco, the biggest Taysom Hill fan of all time, um, if you were to tell me Taysom Hill is the, uh, is the starter, I would like that better because of you know he's going to play every snap. By the way, for, for Pete's, for, for just for like trolling Pete purposes, would you rather have uh, Taysom Hill start or Gardner Minshew start? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fantasy-wise, I'd rather have Taysom Hill. NFL-wise, it's, it's probably toss-up. Um, 
Taysom is not coming off the field. You know, Jameis is going to come off the field for Taysom. If they're taking a Hall of Famer off the field for Taysom Mill, they're going to take Jameis Winston off the field right. for Taysom Mill with, with what happened with Drew Brees. So it's hard to trust Jameis as a starter, but I think he's one of those high-end backups because if he does perform to what he was with, with Tampa, I mean, he's a 5,000-yard quarterback, you know, and, and I still think there's good enough weapons when everybody's healthy. You mentioned the, uh, the injury concerns. Like I said, Kamara's a, a, a top-five pick, so that, that doesn't really have to change. Uh, Thomas to me is one of the best players you can, you should be targeting because you're oh, wow. getting him, um, at, I've seen him. It actually happened twice. So I'll just use the number 75th overall. Um, so you, you know, you're talking anywhere between round six and round eight is where I've seen him go. So if you go receiver heavy and then you still get, you know, whether you go quarterback tight end or two running backs that you like this guy in the way I'm operating is there by his week six, I, I'm hoping by week seven, he's back. So, okay. you know, you're talking, you know, nine plus games. You have to have an IR slot to do it, right? Uh, it's it's better, but you don't, you know, depending on how, how deep your bench goes, but it certainly helps. Um, and in some leagues, he has to be placed on IR. You know, they just may keep him inactive for six weeks. So that that's going to change sure. things if he's not on the pup list. So, but if he comes back and he's anything close to what he was in 2019, you have a top 10 tight end. If he's anything like he was last year, even with Taysom Hill, he's still a top 20 caliber tight, uh, excuse me, wide receiver. Wide receiver, yeah, yeah. Um, so you're not finding that off the waiver wire. You're not finding that, you know, later in your drafts. He has league winning upside. And so I will take my chances with that all day, you know, and, and, and in some cases, like I, the way I've been approaching it, it's almost like you can handcuff the two because Marcus Callaway could be a zero wide receiver option for you because he's going to have six weeks of maybe great production. And then when Thomas comes back, you just make the switch in your lineup. So it's like almost like a handcuff running back. But um, Callaway, I think, is, is a good uh, – He's, he's creeping into the middle rounds. I don't, I don't think he should go before round eight, but anything eight to 10 right now is fine. And then Troutman was somebody I was really excited about. Uh, I thought he was going to be, you know, the the next starting caliber uh, tight end for the Saints from a fantasy perspective. But, you know, the injury on top of the the usage so far, he's uh, he went from somebody that was inside my top 12 to, you know, right out, right outside the top 24. He feels like a, you know, if you're, if you're dealing in that, <clears throat> if you're dealing that like Irv Smith range, Grab Troutman on the back end too is sort of a like a like a secondary tight end option. Yeah, could, yeah. I, th- I think there are better options available still, but um, you know, I was I was very hopeful for Troutman. You know, like uh, it just this just tells you when you do these drafts early, you know, best ball for sure. Um, but I did an analyst draft with you know eleven amazing you know people in the industry. I took Adam Troutman. This was three weeks ago. I took Adam Troutman first with like around twelve pick. Oh boy. And then I got Logan Thomas with like one of my last picks. <laughs> really? And now Thomas, after two preseason games, has looked much better. You know, the reports have been fantastic. Curtis Samuel's injury has certainly helped. And so now I have my tight end. But, you know, it was this just tells you that everybody passed on Thomas multiple times, and myself included. This is how stupid we are is sometimes when we analyze these things. No, no. The, the, the analyst group think is, is fascinating because you, yeah. you can get value on guys if, if you're just willing to buy in on, on people that the industry as a whole are out on. Uh, speaking of value on guys, who are – who are some of your value guys later, not later in drafts, but you know, just, I, I don't know. How, I don't, I'm basically asking you for sleepers, but no, you can't say sleepers. Now you can't say break. Like it's, it's a, who's a breakout versus who's a sleeper. Who, who are some of your guys that you're, that you're like throwing, you know, throwing your flag down on that you want to make sure you come out of in drafts and that I can poach from you uh, before you get them in, in, in our upcoming drafts. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to sound a little obvious, but I was taking Damian Harris everywhere, you know, just based on what I saw the first two preseason games. But now it's a little clearer to take him. So, you know, I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll say him. But say- that's a perfect. I, I still think that 
I still think that the average fan is probably not in on Damian Harris. I mean, there's a there's always the percolating notion that you can't draft Patriots running backs. Right. And 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 that's even with Sony Michelle being traded, I think that still lingers a little bit. Well, it's drafting him in, in context. Like he's better in non and half PPR than he is in full PPR because of yeah. James White. But um he you know, especially if they make a quarterback switch at some point and Cam's not, you know, vulturing all those touchdowns. Harris will have those goal line opportunities, but Harris is somebody that I was taking, you know, as, as anywhere from like round six to round eight, depending on how it fell as a third running back. And, and I had him ranked as a, as a starter prior to this, this move. Um, the, the guys that I take later are typically uh, the lottery ticket type running backs. Um, I'm, I'm an AJ Dillon guy. You know, he's not so late. Yeah. Seth Edwards, you know, those, those type of guys, because if there's an injury, uh, they'll be great, but you're, you're going to get to play them um, as, as potential flex plays. Jamal Williams. Also uh, I draft Daryl Williams everywhere because this was and then again this was before Clyde Edwards Lair busted up his ankle uh to what extent we don't know but got hurt in in the second preseason game against the Cardinals um Williams is one injury away from being a starting running back for the Chiefs and I know that last year was frustrating because of uh Edwards Hilaire's struggles and, and Le'Veon Bell's being a disaster but Williams was a guy they used in the playoffs when CEH was hurt and by all accounts he's been the second guy even with Jarek McKinnon um the receivers that I look for, uh, and, and this is coming off the second preseason game, so they're, they've become very popular, but uh, Jacoby Myers was always a guy that I liked. Um, I mean, Jacoby Myers fan podcast here, obviously. Yeah, no, I know you you, you certainly from, from NC State, clearly, but uh, it's hard not to it – was, it was hard not to get excited about what he, you know, showed you last year. And, you know, everybody got, uh, I think, a little down on him because they bring in the two tight ends, they bring in El Snagalore, he's never scored a touchdown, you know, all those things. And then you realize, well, he was awesome you know, as the Julian Edelman replacement, again, in context, you know, not necessarily a, a world beater, but a third receiver for sure. And now he has a chance to, you know, build off that and hopefully continue to to progress and finally find the end zone. Um, I, I, I will, I was taking the healthiest Jets wide receiver. So it was Elijah Moore. Now it's Corey Davis. Now it could be both, you know, I'll target either one, but I have a lot of Elijah Moore shares. Um, uh, I love uh, when guys, you know, do the uh, old Rocky thing of putting the, the, the name or a picture on a mirror. I don't know if you remember Apollo used to Apollo yeah, had Rocky yeah, yeah. on the mirror, and then Apollo, Rocky did it with Drago. Uh, so there was a story in the Athletic of Elijah Moore wrote in pen the five receivers who were drafted over oh. him in the NFL draft, and it, and and it was a cool story that he reads he reads it every day when he wakes up and and he looks at it every every night, you know. So I like those stupid things, um, and so uh, he was awesome in, in the start of training camp, and and Zach Wilson's got to find somebody to lean on, and, and and both those guys I think uh, do a lot of nice things. Darnell Mooney's another guy I take a lot of. Um, his, his role with the bears should be good. And hopefully Justin Fields leans on him. Uh, Irv Smith is, is, is my number one tight end target. If I don't go great, you know, that's the, the late guy that I look for. Logan Thomas is, is, is now there as well. Um, so those are the guys that I, you know, I, I tend to gravitate toward. I like the idea of Elijah Moore getting up every day and be like, Jamar Chase. <laughs> I think Waddle, with, with what these rookie receivers are looking like, you know, uh, Waddle got banged up in the last game. I, I love him too. He's another, you know, target of mine. Um, Devontae Smith with the injury, Jamar Chase, you know, maybe getting benched for Auden Tate, which would be the stupidest thing in Bengals. That would be that would be worse than Trevor Lawrence getting benched for Gardner Minshew. Yeah, potentially, especially passing on Panesul to help that offensive line and help your you know franchise quarterback. Um, so those guys are are you know struggling right now. Rashad Bateman's hurt, you know. So uh wouldn't be surprising if Elijah Moore is uh, I saw one of the Jets beat writers say, you know, kind of tongue in cheek that he's this year's Justin Jefferson. Ooh. Um it kind of falls in line with, you know, fifth, sixth wide receiver. You know, Jefferson was a first round pick, but Elijah Moore has that type of, of, of upside, you know, if Zach Wilson can, can get him the ball to that extent.
All right. Uh, well, you know, we got to ask you if you're going to ask you about guys you're high on. We got to ask you about guys you're low on. Who are you? Who are you fading in in fantasy? You know, early mid rounds, just guys that you you look at and you're no, no thanks. Like I'm staying away. Yeah, I, I I tend to pass on Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders. You know, their situations you know got a little frustrating this offseason. Jacobs getting Kenyon Drake and you know the offensive line shuffle. Uh, Miles Sanders, it seems like it's going to be a committee there with uh, with everybody involved. So you know, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, those guys. So. Um, I tend to shy away from from those players. I'm I'm nervous about Mike Evans. Um, you know his ADP yeah. on our site, which you know I, I don't know if people listening to us or just you know what the projections are, but uh, there's so many mouths to feed there. And and you know he's he called never like, had back to back seven two yard touchdowns last year. Uh, well, there's he's never had back to back double digit touchdowns. Obviously, he's never played two consecutive seasons with Tom Brady, so you got to you know factor that in as well. Sure. But uh, he'll get his thousand yards if he's healthy. But Antonio Brown was dominating targets when he was there. Chris Godwin's going to get his. They now have OJ Howard and Giovanni Bernard to throw back in the mix with Gronk as well. So, um, you know, I, I find myself staying away from Mike Evans. Aaron Rodgers is another guy, you know, his ADP on our site because our site um, is a compilation of all of our drafts. So, two QB drafts, super flex drafts. So, the ADP for oh, right, right, right. Gets, right, that makes sense kind of gets thrown up a little bit uh, where he's in a third round pick. But I usually look in context of where the quarterbacks are being drafted and he's still being drafted. I think sixth overall at the position. Um, I like actually Jalen hurts better than Aaron Rodgers, And that's wow. a shocking thing to say and to even, you know, listen to, but um, I think, you know, Rogers was basically 23 points per game on average, the three years prior to last year. And so the Jordan love motivation, things falling his way last year. He was amazing. And, um, I just don't think he's worth drafting high. Same thing with Justin Herbert. Uh, he's another guy going too high, in my opinion. I, I still like both those guys as top ten quarterbacks, but uh, Herbert to me is being drafted a little bit, you know, too soon. So uh, those are some guys. Rogers, Rogers had a nine point one touchdown percentage. Like nine point one percent of his throws were touchdowns last year. The last two times we've seen guys have nine percent or higher touchdown throws were Patrick Mahomes in two thousand eighteen and Lamar Jackson in two thousand nineteen, which should tell you that it's probably unsustainable that he could do that next year and both those guys busted the following year it, right. it's 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 uh it's rare i think drew Brees maybe it was 2012 2011 2012 last quarterback to repeat as the number one quarterback in fantasy and that sometimes depends on what site you look at because some people you know have different point scoring um it's, it's going to be hard for rogers to, to certainly repeat as a as the number one guy and, and even a top five guy so he's uh he's somebody that i don't find myself drafting unless he falls all right uh we'll get you out of here on this anything you want to say to pete prisco before we get done I love Pete Prisco. He's uh, he's a great friend. He's one of the best NFL uh, writers, um, analysts. Uh, oh, actually, you know what? I haven't even told you about this, so I'll tell you all the. Po- I, I've got a little. Uh, it, 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 people won't listen to this podcast, so it won't matter. But I've got a um, I've got a little uh, uh, a scheme I'm I'm working on. Oh, try and try. And, we're gonna, we're gonna get Pete in the Hall of Fame, but we're gonna. Oh, we're gonna, I like it. We're not, we're not gonna tell. You. I, I, I'm I, I'm I'm working some back channels. To uh, to try and get a, uh, a a platform to get to to really push Pete for the Hall of Fame. He is a Hall of Fame analyst, but he's anyway. a Hall of Fame analyst. Do you, do you think he remembers that he agreed that I can write the story for our site when he gets in the Hall of Fame? No, no of course not. He and all I'm going to do is just, for lunch yesterday. The only way he remembers it is it's, it's it's a turkey sandwich. Like that's like he just that's all he eats, and that's the only way he remembers it. Uh, does your audience know how evil you are to him? By the way, uh, that he had he had. He had a I'm, medical. I'm going to say yes. Yes. <laughs> he had a medical procedure where he was not allowed to eat, and Will is just texting him pictures of food all day long, <laughs> like gifts of pizza, like rolling, like rolling yes. pizza. I told him that I had a turkey sandwich with a side of turkey. 
um yeah but uh yeah 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 diva diva is correct i think the audience has a decent idea but then no, of course when pete comes on the actual podcast i'm like hey pete what's going on buddy exactly. yeah. i would never i would never be mean to pete publicly no for the course. most part but privately i will destroy that man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um all right jamie awesome stuff as always yeah, well. sure and check out the fantasy football today podcast and go bid on us because I, I think i think my auction is still going uh you can bid on a private zoom call with jamie keith and dave maybe chris towers the whole fantasy football today yep. team uh it's on ebay cbssports.com slash ebay thanks for the time as always buddy you're the best bud. Bye, man. what if i told you imaginary friends are real this is just so exciting this friday Get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Haley Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.